1: Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
2: Hello, and welcome to Fertility Life. I don't know why I'm sitting here like already laughing. (laughs) 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 I'm joined this evening with the lovely Connie and Mike um and i'm really really grateful to them because i really wanted to um for for valentine's day i wanted to speak to a couple who were going through fertility stuff right now um because it's all very well like hearing from you know someone like me who's kind of been through it and then got lots of transformative mindset coaching stuff that i can share but sometimes you just really need to connect and hear from people who are in it right now and listen to what is coming up for them so i am i'm really grateful to both of you for saying that you'll do this with me um so hi how are you hi <laughs> you're so welcome thank you so much for having it
1: yeah
0: mike is absolutely thrilled to be making his podcast debut with making you. making
1: my podcast debut just before we start am i the only one that does i said to Colly before we started <laughs> when you listen to a podcast do you ever pause it and then speak like what you would say if you were on the podcast and I was like no I do it all the time I'm driving and I'm listening to a podcast oh I'll, I'll pause it and then just like act like I'm like in the <laughs> like so like role-playing he's so been
0: what?
2: playing been make-believe,
1: make-believe believe podcast for years
2: <laughs> what you're actually telling me is that I am fulfilling a, a dream of yours here yeah, yeah. Literally,
1: <laughs> literally yeah all that, all that time I'm just talking to myself in the car <laughs> pretending I'm on a podcast and now this I'm on is
2: the- your moment this is your <laughs> big moment so this it's literally your moment, Connie. It's, and Mike... a, it's a dream come true, <laughs> apart from the
1: infertility part. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Not that great to be clear. <laughs> not so fun. Yeah, not
2: so really fun. Um, but but listen, tell t- t- tell tell the listeners who you are and how we met. In fact, Connie, let's should we start there? And then we I want to hear from okay. I want to hear yeah. from Mike because it's his dream.
0: Yes. Then Mike can really have the stage. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'm Connie, and I am a woman trying to get pregnant. But I've sort of weirdly been working in this space for the last sort of like five or six years. Um, I run my own business. I work in like I won't bore you with that. It's not a work podcast, but marketing and content, and all this sort of stuff. But all of my clients are reproductive health and fertility. So I've been talking about this stuff without experiencing it. For a really long time and that's how i met alice through some of my client work and then now i'm on the other side or sort of in it and it's really strange and um there's lots of benefits to it because i have wonderful people in my life like alice who i have on the speed dial and can talk to about it but it's also um the the ignorance of bliss thing is kind of really my bubble was burst really early doors so um yeah it's interesting and it's um yeah, I guess that's who I am before we get into pursuit stuff. And then this is my husband.
1: Hi, right, yes. Hello. I'm Mike. Uh I am a paramedic. Um work in Brighton. Originally from Essex. Uh grew up dreaming of being on a podcast. And now here we are. Um, yeah, we met. It'd be eleven years in February when
2: yeah, we first met. We've been um, years. Oh, this um, is literally your, like, anniversary month that we're going to do this.
0: Yeah, we met at the end of February. Um, yeah, 11 years. God, this really is quite a long time, actually, isn't it? Yeah, Um a long time. And then we got married oh, about 18 months ago. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, and we live in Brighton and we have a dog. And that's, and that's who really, you are. Who I are. just have to. I just
2: <laughs> have to interrupt because my uncle was a paramedic for years and all my family's from Essex. And as you were talking, I was like, I feel like there's some weird synchronicities going on here <laughs> yeah, um, So Mike
0: has delivered quite a lot of babies so there's, quite wow. a, lot of, there's a weird amount of vagina chat that happens in our <laughs> house, actually, with yeah, both yeah. of our careers
2: <laughs> that is really interesting though isn't it because you're coming from a I mean both of you coming from it with like quite a lot of knowledge in different areas and then have found yourselves here so let's let's talk about that so you got married about 18 months ago yeah. when did you start trying
0: so we were sort of talking about this. I feel like at the start, it's always a bit like, when did we actually start start trying? But I would say we spent the vast majority of 2023 trying for a baby. Yeah. Do you say? And
1: like. Yeah, about a year,
0: I'd say. Yeah, and we got married. If you can take it back before we were trying, because I think this will resonate with people as well. That, like, do you remember we originally our wedding got moved because of the pandemic? So then we were like, oh, well, we'll just try for a baby straight after them because we've already l- lost a year, quote unquote. And then yeah. that sort of time came around, and we were like, actually. For a really stressful year, let's just enjoy being married for a bit. And you sort of, I don't want to say put it off, but you kind of think, yes, we want a baby, and yes, we're ready in theory, but actually, is now the perfect time? No, yeah. oh, let's wait another couple of months. Actually, should we go on that holiday? Let's wait another couple of months. Yeah, so, we we're
1: waiting for the right time, and the, the the house we bought in Brighton needed like stuff doing wow. to it as well. So obviously, we wanted, we didn't want to try for a baby get pregnant and then like the house be like a building site and that'd be like really stressful so we were like let's get the house sorted first enjoy like married life for a bit but that's the cool irony of it isn't it because yeah (laughs) before you start trying there is this
0: chance that you're going to get pregnant that first time so you're sort of like let's make sure that if we do get pregnant then everything's in place and you're trying to control it all
1: and we kind of just spoke about it like As if it was like a Sainsbury's delivery slot. Like, oh, we'll push it back. We'll push it back to next week. As if, as if once once we decide, then it will just happen straight away. We were quite naive in that sense, I think, because we were just like, oh, no, we'll try. I tell you what, if we if we don't try yet, if we try like next September and then we'll have the baby like the year after, then that will be, yeah, will work better for us, I think,
0: if we do that. And 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 being like, like, oh, we won't do it this month because we don't want a Christmas baby, and like all of this stupid stuff. that you're like, oh God, you had no idea it was going to take you this long, but.
2: But that's interesting. But also, like, given that you have had obviously worked, because I was listening to something on radio, um, it was a clip shared from Women's Hour on Radio 4, where there was someone basically saying, you know, there's so many people talking about fertility now that now people are getting scared to try because they think that it, they're going to have problems, which I was a bit like, uh, <laughs> not sure that's exactly what's happening. I um, think it's good to talk about fertility. But at the same time, I, I kind of got what she meant. But did was there any part of you that thought that perhaps there might be issues or there was?
0: I was going to say I was practicing as I promised not to talk over my husband. <laughs> I was like, uh, I was like, I don't think we were naive because I think with my work there was and not maybe naive is the wrong word, but I think it's like well, of course, there's a chance, and and I guess the important thing to maybe flag is whilst I have all this knowledge about fertility, I had been testing my hormones throughout the last few years because I've had access to that. I don't have any previous conditions like PCOS or endo or things like that though. So there were no super obvious red flags that we were thinking about. Yeah. And I guess we were kind of like, oh, it definitely could take a lot longer, but it also can just happen. And we'd had quite a few friends, hadn't we, that it had happened like on their honeymoon or yeah, like, yeah, so I think it was this constant juggle in our minds of like, it could take
1: mm.
0: years, it could happen the first time. So we were trying to, pray god and be like when's the right time yeah and actually
1: we're trying to like cover our faces cover our backs yeah and just be like oh well we better not try too soon in case it does happen straight away
2: yeah yeah, yeah. but you do don't you because it's a it's obviously a huge thing so you do want to make sure things are at your ducks are in a row but at the same time then it's just a basically it's a head fuck from like the second you <laughs>
0: and i think i think that i think that is it i think from the second you decide we are ready it then the, the shift was so dramatic for me in fact I don't even know if I actually told you, this. but like, I no about I have a,
1: a revelation. No, no,
0: no. But, <laughs> but a few months before we sort of were like, yes, okay, you know, whatever. There was, there was some like milestones in the house. We were like, once like this wall is plastered, like yeah. we can have a baby. And I had, I was, my period was late and I did a pregnancy test a couple of months before that point and it was negative. But I, at that point I was thinking, oh my God, if this is positive, this is gonna be a nightmare. And in the space of two months, it went from, oh, this will be a nightmare to like, I want this to happen now. <laughs> like this, exactly. and, then, yeah. and then every negative pregnancy test after that was heartbreaking. But it was just that shift.
2: Do you know, as a as a like mindset person, this really fascinates me because it's like w- what's going on is just all that's happened there is a shift, is a is a mindset yeah. shift. Of, I'm not ready for a baby. Too okay, I'm ready for a baby. Nothing right. actually has changed externally, and it's just such it's such an interesting thing that happens in our in our minds, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you, spend,
1: you Spend like so much of your young adult life, like with, as soon as you become sexually active, up until like a certain point, all you're doing is thinking, you know, I hope I don't get impregnated. Like, I hope she's not pregnant, and I not, like, do you know what I mean? And then, and now that's completely changed, and you just want that complete opposite, and it's quite, it's not ironic, because obviously when you're 18, you don't want to be,
2: Yeah.
1: you know, going around impregnating everyone you sleep with, but there is definitely a shift where you think, yeah. oh, now, like, the thing I've been trying to, like, avoid for so long is now, like, the thing I want more than anything in the world.
0: And the shift and- was dramatic, I would mm. say, and I think yeah. that's actually partly the reason, and we've spoken about this, Alice, like, I wanted to start sharing my story more publicly because I was like, I, there's so many amazing people sharing their story and they're sort of got these stories which are so difficult and full of loss and years of trying and years of treatment. But then when I found that I was really upset, even two months in, I thought, oh, my God, I'm being so dramatic. Like, this is so silly. This is the time it should be fun. You know, this all this sort of narrative. And then as soon as I shared one thing saying, I'm finding this really hard and I'm really early on, I had all these messages from people saying that they felt the same. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh God, I think this is a thing. Like as soon as your mindset shifts, yeah. then it does become, as you said, a head fuck from the start, basically. Totally,
2: exactly that. And that—that that is really something that I, I think, well, we've spoken about it a lot and I've mentioned it quite a lot because people come into my world, into the life raft, which I run, And they're like, oh, I don't know if I, like, you know, deserve to be here. And I'm like, yes, you fucking do. Like, if you're trying to have a baby and it's, for whatever reason, affecting your mood, your mind, your um, ability to make plans, anything, which it does, um, then, of course, yes, come in. And the whole comparison with what other people have been through or, like, whether you deserve support is just nonsense. You just really have to be where you are right now. So, So you started trying. And so that, so for a, pretty much the year of 2023, yeah. nothing was happening. You'd already, that's sort of amazing that you'd already been kind of doing these hormone tests as well. Like, so you you really actually, you weren't naive. You you were, you were did have a, a good grounding knowledge of, of that. Yeah. And you had got, you know, you knew that things from your perspective were okay. And what about Mike? Had there been any pre-testing going on there? Or tell me a bit more. Yeah,
1: I've done that home test. And that was okay. And it was fine. Yeah, it wasn't like, perfect but it was okay there was nothing coming up that was making me think oh my god like there was something that was a bit like I think, suboptimal I think and then I did one a little while later and it was better I, I remember th- being really happy that it
0: yeah was I think I think a year before we tried something was not quite right and then you happened to do one just as we started trying and actually things had improved so you were kind of like great yeah
1: before Connie had started working in these like with these clients and in, in that sort of space I'd I'd never really thought of it before I never, mm-hmm. never considered and I think... like oh I wonder what my sperm health's like I wonder if we'd ever have trouble conceiving I always just assumed that like it would be fine and you know there would not going to be any issues so mm-hmm. yeah you hadn't worked with those clients and said oh we've got this like and you, you you kind of became really knowledgeable about it all didn't you like all the yeah you know potential issues there can be and like certain like risk factors in terms of lifestyle and stuff that can affect it like I used to smoke drink alcohol so like knowing that all those things were, you know, potential stumbling blocks, was an eye-opener.
2: Well, yeah, because I think, uh, literally, I think right up until pretty much last year, I would say, it was still not really given the spotlight that it needed. I really feel like last year was quite a turning point in terms of um, sperm health and talking about it, like, oh yeah, there like needs to be two people that can make this baby. <laughs> but things are changing, things are changing, so that's really that's actually amazing that you had access to that knowledge and that you already did a test and you kind of had those, um, that ground, groundwork in place. So I suppose in a way you, you must've gone into it thinking this is probably going to be fine. Like this, yeah. this or ordered you I think, <laughs> putting I, words I, on your mouth? I
0: mean. yeah. No, I think that we were aware or like I, I was aware through work and you were aware through my work, this kind of like osmosis of knowledge that you're never a hundred percent right. But as I sort of said, there weren't, there weren't glaringly obvious red flags that were like, right, this is gonna be a problem, which, you know, the irony of it is, um, and I'm sure you have some thoughts on this, Alice, but like, I know I have so many friends who, for example, have PCOS and they were told, it's gonna be really hard for you to have a baby. And they've been carrying that for their whole life and worrying so much. And then actually they've got pregnant naturally because it is completely possible to get pregnant naturally with these various conditions. So, but I'd never had someone say you have this thing it's going to be hard for you to get pregnant and neither had mm-hmm. Mike so I guess in that way we went in kind of going like well like we've got it's all to play for right like it's all there it should be okay and also I guess the knowledge that I did have as well is around like cycle tracking I think that was a big thing you know that I understood about the fertile window I understood like my fertile signs I knew about this stuff so we started to like track my temperature and all that kind of thing, kind of cranked that up a notch. But I guess I was coming from a base of knowledge that was slightly higher than maybe just like your average woman trying to get pregnant. And we started using of like sticks, and they just do not work for me. And that's not me saying don't use them. I'm not here to tell anyone what to do, but for me, like, it just doesn't work. They get it wrong all the time. So. <laughs> I think that there's been there like,
1: goes the sponsorship deal. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I can edit. I, I, think, edit they're, it I think they're great. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're brilliant. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, yeah, sorry.
0: I hope you're not sponsored. By <laughs> you, yeah. you can cut this out. You can cut this out if you want. But uh, for me, <laughs> no, no, it's good. Me, they didn't. They, for me, they don't work. And I think like that's the thing. Like we had a few months where we were sort of like misfiring, shall we say? Yeah, we were like we've got right. it, and then we were like
1: oh, no, like,
0: we haven't. And then we were like, oh, no, actually, I thought I ovulated here, by
1: ovulating over here. And there are a few months where we were like, is it, is there an issue? Or are we just getting the timing? Yeah, right? that's like, it. Like, is, mm-hmm. is, is there actually a problem with my sperm or with con? Or, or is it just that we've been trying to track the right times and we've just not been having sex when con's right been ovulating? Is it, is it just down to that? But then yeah. there's been times where we're pretty sure we have got the timing right and it still not happened. So, mm-hmm. and that's a bit of a head fuck as well isn't it because you kind of think you, you're almost looking for other reasons that, is, that isn't that, that aren't us oh it's not us it's just that we got the timing wrong like it's not yeah. and you're almost sort of hopefully like looking for alternative reasons that it could be not happening
0: but I guess that is where we started to I would say differ in our approach and I think our I don't know if it's a gender thing or a personality thing but I would say like after a couple of months like that's when we started to kind of like deal with it differently I suppose in terms of I threw myself into like right like let's figure this out because that's how I am and I'm like right let's do this let's do that let's do this and you were a bit like whoa 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 like you weren't Mm -hmm. you were involved but I think you were a bit like let's just like relax let's just like you know like Mm -hmm. enjoy ourselves let's not put too much pressure on and like
1: but but then that's us down to a isn't it so it was everything yeah yeah
2: got
1: to do this like let's get it done and I'm just sort of like. Well, yeah, you know,
2: but you know, we will do, do it later, <laughs> <laughs> or we could sit down and watch a bit of telly. <laughs> yeah, we
1: should down for a bit. I like relaxing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I think you know, we laugh about it. But there are loads of people actually, and we we sort of said before I was chatting to you, we asked, you know, what questions you've got about how people are navigating this as a couple. And I think that that because people do approach things differently, and often it is this way round, don't want a gender stereotype. <laughs> but I this think. is what happens a lot of the time. But that, you know, that is it, it. can be a personality thing as well. But I think, how did you manage that, did, Connie? Did you, did that annoy you, or was it okay?
1: <laughs> yes, what? we had some fairly <laughs> big arguments we had about, blame about, it. about it? <laughs> Yeah. Um.
0: No. It. I think we have talked about it a lot, haven't we? Because I think what we sort of said is fertility struggles. I don't know if they create new problems, but I think they really shine a light on like. And every couple has issues, right? Even the happiest couples, you're like, oh, okay, things are great, but like, there's these certain things that annoy me about them, or we we clash on. And I think that we've said, you know, it. I think fertility struggles highlight the worst of your relationship and the best. You know, like I think it brings you closer and it and it and it stretches you as well. And for us, I think like as you sort of said there, anything that's sort of project based, we just have really different approaches to it. And I'm not saying that having a baby is a project, but like kind of is like after after a while, it like, kind of is a bit of a
1: project. Yeah, you've got to put a lot of thought and planning around and effort uh, planning around it when you're actually when when trying becomes like not so straightforward, then it does take a lot of planning in terms of like finding time, making sure having your test done, having this done. God, totally. yeah.
2: Yeah, I think you're right, yeah.
0: But I think it's kind of like we always say, we're kind of actually, if you think of like yin and yang energy, like I'm almost more like the yang masculine and you're a bit more the feminine. You're like so good at comforting and so good at being like, and and we joke about, let's just sit down and relax, but actually being like, right, right now we need to drop everything, work, fertility, whatever, and just be together and relax and look after each other. You're really good at that. Whereas I'm like, let's keep pushing, let's keep doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And actually, in a fertility journey, you need both because I burnt myself out, and I think by extension you at points last year of just like, gotta keep pushing for this. We've gotta do all these tests. we've gotta get that appointment. And I got into a really bad place, like mentally. And so then that was great because Mike was there to be like the balm of like, right, mm-hmm. cancel everything, cancel your day at work. We're just gonna go out and have a walk and have brunch and look and let me look after you. I'm bashing him for not being organised, but I just wanted to go on record that he's a very good husband.
2: <laughs> I think that is really actually lovely because it's also shining a light on like you're right, you you do need both, and someone you know, and if you're in it, you are if you are in a partnership, you if you are doing this in a couple, like recognizing what that other person is actually bringing to the project um, is really helpful because otherwise, yeah, well, I definitely got into a place side. <laughs> he doesn't mind me talking about this, I've been talking about it for years now, he's fine, um, <laughs> where exactly the same thing happened. Um, I was very like, right, come on, you know, let's do all of the things and all of the things and all of the things. And actually, what I found was that I was doing, I was making lots of lifestyle changes, I was changing the way I ate, I was researching, I was doing I felt very much like I was doing it all and he wasn't and I was like hello (laughs) I'm doing everything here and we are we don't really argue we are one of those really annoying couples we've been together for a very long time very long time and I just screamed at him one night I was just like no (laughs) (laughs) I can't do this anymore I literally (laughs) lost the plot but also, you know, sometimes that kind of has to happen, doesn't it? In a relationship, you sort of have yeah. to really be truthful with each other. And sometimes that might come out in a fucking massive fight. And actually, sometimes that's okay. I
1: feel like being different like that as well. Like Connie said, sort of yin and yang means that we both have different strengths. Yeah. counteract each other's weaknesses as well. Whereas if we were both the same... And we were both like, right, let's do it, let's do it. then it would just be fucking chaos because we'd both be burning ourselves out and then both just have no one, the other person not there to like bring us back down if we were both yeah. like mm. like that all the time. So I kinda mm. think and then equally if we were both like me, nothing would ever get done, ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to have like I think you know, we, we, we kinda of compliment each other quite well. And sometimes that means that we clash and other mm. times it means that we compliment each other, but Yeah. 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 I think yeah overall it works quite well doesn't it our marriage yeah <laughs>
2: um I
0: think, I think that it's i think that something that maybe and i had some you know me and i was put up question boxes and there were quite a lot of people talking about how their partners won't talk to them about their feelings and i'd say that like we don't really have that issue and if anything we're both we're both very emotional mm. and very want to talk about, I very want to talk about our feelings. Yeah. But then I think like, that's really difficult in, and actually I was talking to Hannah Pern, I went and had acupuncture with her and she was chatting to me and she was like, you know, I was saying we are in a really tough spot and it feels like that we're both feeling like the biggest emotions we've ever felt and we both love each other so much but we literally can't like, help each other. Yeah. And Hannah was just like, yeah, she was like, this is why I recommend everyone to go to couples therapy. She's like, because most situations in life if one of your parents dies or one of you loses a job or you know yes it impacts both of you but there is someone who is struggling and someone that's like I can find my strength here to like be there for this person we've had times where like literally I'm like crying and you're crying and we're looking at each other and you're like I want to look after you but I literally have nothing in my cup to give
1: yeah
0: and I'm looking at you like I'm desperate for you to be there for me but I know you're probably just feeling exactly the same yeah and it's just horrible. yeah, like it's so horrible to be in that situation with the person you
2: love. Mm, oh, my God, that's such a great point. And I think we haven't had any practice at that, have we? like you you this is the first time usually that a couple experiences this. this like, oh God, we're both feeling this right now. like how do we support each other? what do you uh, so that's really great though, that you are both talkers because that means that there is that element of communication all the time happening because as you said like when we asked on our question boxes and lots of people saying that actually our men don't want to talk about it or they not they don't have that network do you also have a support network michael do you do you feel the need for that do you chat to your friends How, where do you get your support
1: yeah there's a there's, there's a, a friend i've made in in brighton who's going through a similar thing at the moment so we've been able to have a few chats about it and even just sort of jokey things like um like comparing what supplements we take and stuff like that just makes you feel less sort of like alone with it so Mm. you're like oh take that one oh well yeah I take this version of it oh right and then just sort of joking around and stuff like that but other than that not really I mean most of my friends have either got kids or aren't bothered about having kids or aren't in the time of their life where they're going to have kids so I've Mm. certainly never had a friend that's come to me and said oh you know I'm going through the same thing as you actually but then having said that I share a lot of the stuff that Connie puts on her Instagram and stuff and it's you know, it's quite open about us trying for a for a baby and it not happening. And people mm-hmm. have got in touch and been like, Oh mate, like hope you're okay here if you need to talk sort of thing. But part of me's like, well, you don't really know what it's like, so I don't really you won't really know what to say and I don't expect them to know what to say and that's fine. But I wouldn't sort of go to a friend that's got like two kids and be like, Oh yeah, actually I'm really down about not being able to have a baby. I think the fact that me and Connie speak so openly about it, I never I've never felt like alone and thought, oh my God, like I want to talk to someone about it but I can't.
0: I do feel like women lean on our support networks so much more. And especially, you know, I'm so lucky because not all women do. I'm, I've had people I've met that are like, oh, I'm going through this and I haven't told anyone, like not even my mom, not even whoever. But because of my work, I do have like a ready-made support network, which is so lucky. And because of that, I feel like you get almost like a diluted version of my emotions, which like, is still pretty strong. So like, imagine like how insane I would be if I didn't have that. But I feel like with women, like we do... Because our partners don't always have that support network or lean on it, I think like, we are then often carrying like a double emotional le- like a, a lot of your emotions. Like I have to carry as well, and this will be getting brought up in there <laughs> 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 Mike's like, "Oh god, I thought this was going to be fun," and I'm
2: like, I'm <laughs> "This is the thing." Basically, Mike, I'm carrying everything here. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I just think but- it's, it's it's just an interesting thing of like again not to stereotype but men and women how we deal with things differently and we talk to our friends differently and stuff because you know yeah. you went out with your best friend in the whole world who knows what's going on the other day and I was like did he ask you about it did you like talk about it did you like and he's just like you're like well yeah he sort of mentioned it but it was sort of like it'll be all right and like that's like yeah. end of it whereas I've like, yeah. got my friends and be like two hours of like yeah. analyzing like all the stuff going on and like it's just
1: it's just yeah it Again, it's like stereotypical but I think that is the difference because I think we we spoke about it very briefly but it was basically like oh are you still how's it going having a baby oh no still not still not there yet oh that's a bit shit isn't it yeah it's a bit <laughs> shit actually did you watch a spurs game on Thursday yeah. and then you just go on to something else it's not because I'm not asked or I don't care but it's just my yeah. dealing with it isn't having to like always verbalize and have like deeper meaningfuls whereas you love a deeper meaningful doing. I love it
0: but do you do you, has listening to Sean and Kieran's podcast helped you? Do you think? Because I think that's like
1: yeah, I paused that a couple of times and join me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, that, that that's been that's been really good actually. Just to know that you're not going through it on your own.
0: Just hearing stories like that's how I it. heard your story, Alice, and all these other amazing people. I think it's so great that we do have men now starting to talk about it. Yeah, and, and you are now one of those men in this podcast. You've become a guy that is talking yeah. about it. So that's.
2: Maybe you'll help someone, Maybe Maybe. you? will. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly, actually, because whoever does hear this, and hi <laughs> to the <Yeah>. listeners, um, <laughs> people really do find it comforting um, to know that there are lots and lots of others feeling feeling the same. And yeah, the the, the support is getting better for, for men, I think, isn't there? I mean, yeah, Sean's doing a great job, um, knackered knackers. Um, if you don't follow him, he's also been on this podcast and is a great guy. And there's other stuff out there I need to list it in the show notes would you I mean is it the sort of thing I'm sorry to go on about this <laughs> just interested <laughs> like would you join like a male fertility support group on Facebook is that the kind of thing that you would do or is it just not do you think it's just really not your vibe
1: I don't think it's my vibe really I've never be, I've always been like like Connie said very emotional I've never been one to sort of bottle up my emotions or hide my emotions or have that you it, know like sort of toxic masculinity where like you know I'm all right I can't like like, Mm -hmm. I'm upset so I think because of that I've never really felt like I need a release to be able to like realize in myself how I feel or tell other people how I feel I can see why it would work for people because I think if they are a bit like that where they're a bit like they're a bit closed off and they're not ones to sort of pay attention to how they're feeling or tell anyone else how they're feeling then I think it can be quite beneficial but I've never really Mm. yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah, it's just so it's so interesting, like how differently women, men, and women do tend to deal with it. And again, massively gender stereotyping here. Sorry, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. So, so where are we at now with everything? So it's been about a year or so, and have you been for further investigations? What's the what's the latest? So we.
0: Finally got an appointment with our doctor. So we so I'll be completely honest and you can cut this out if you want, Alice, but like we had been trying less than a year when I went to the doctor because I think it's just absolutely ludicrous that you're expected to wait a whole year. I
2: agree. Um,
0: um and and I'm so glad that we did do that a few months early because it took months to get any like face time with our
2: doctor and like, I, I, obviously- I yeah so sorry to interrupt but I just wanted to say I went the first month that we started trying <laughs> oh my god <laughs> literally gigantic. the first month because I did have like very irregular cycles, so I had that, and yeah. I just didn't care. I was like, "Well, I'm there. those are those are the guidelines," but no, thank well, you. The irony
0: is, when I called them, <laughs> I had a regular cycle, and by the time I saw them, my cycle had gone absolutely. <laughs> anywhere. So they were like, "Why didn't you come soon?" I was like, "It was fine," and now I'm so stressed, I can't get an appointment. Um, and we're not NHS bashing, like obviously Mike works at NHS, like we're so lucky that we can even have this for free, but it's a broken, underfunded mm. system as you know all too well. Yeah. And um, you know, we and also like I'm going into the GP like, I know loads of stuff. Like I'm gonna tell you exactly why I want to get tested and like why I want it tested. And you know, so they were like, oh but yeah, so we we went and got those initial investigations and mine came back okay, fine. I think they're suboptimal from a hormonal perspective and my my cycle is irregular, right? So I'm like something is going on. Mm. Um but from a doctor's perspective they were like you're fine and I was like what about this like oestrogen that's right on the border and they're like no 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 like it's cool and I'm like mm, okay I was like I think I'm gonna go and investigate this a bit further and then you had a sperm test
1: yeah I had a sperm test and then the results came back from that and they weren't very good which was really gutting I took that quite hard actually because um, yeah. yeah I think initially because we'd, we'd had a couple of at home ones and they seemed to be okay but then obviously. The, the, the ones you get through the GP that get sent off to a lab are a lot more in depth and they came back and there were a couple of aspects of it that were really sort of suboptimal to the point where sort of I fell into a bit of like a Google, I say to patients, never Google it, but I Googled it and it was basically saying, you know, with, with this level of this and this level of that, like your chances of conceiving are slim or low. So then that hit me really hard, didn't it? I had a, yeah. I went into a bit of a, a sort of downward spiral and was really, really down about it.
0: I think that was really the start of like a really rough few months for me and you. Yeah. From yeah. a relationship perspective. Like, I think that was really hard because kind of like, I, I remember my overriding feeling when like you were upset was like, I just wished it was me that had got those sorts of results because I just feel like, kind of like you said about the personality thing, like, I would have maybe still been upset, but I would have maybe just dealt with it in a way that I'm like, I'm gonna like do all this stuff, and I'm gonna take control of it. I'm gonna fix it because I'm a, I'm a fixer. Mm. Um, and you're a bit more like I think get overwhelmed by stuff like that, which I which is not like overwhelmed, but I think you just didn't know what to do and felt fights yeah. down. And I think that was just really horrible to see you upset. Like I mm-hmm. just hated it. Like it was just the absolute worst.
2: I always found it really <clears throat> confusing when you'd have a test result and then a few months later that the test results seem to be different or worse or whatever. Because I was, I, I just remember going, I was naive when I went into all of this. And I just remember thinking, well, you either, you know, are fertile or you're not. And actually what I've learned is that is really not the case. Like it's really. Especially on the
0: male side of things, things can change like really dramatically, both good
2: and bad. Yeah, so what what's happened, so when when did those results, when did you get those results? That was October. Okay.
1: And then nice. I spoke to, you put me in touch with Ian, didn't you? Ian Stones. Ian yeah. Stones, lovely guy. We had a, yeah, like a Zoom call with each other and kind of went through what my results were, what my lifestyle was like, sort of, and then he went into a lot of detail about like things I could change, things to stop doing, things to avoid, things to start doing. Um, and I found that really helpful. And the and the fact that your sperm health can change within like a few months of making changes, you can see a big difference. That has mm-hmm. always been like a comfort because it's. I've always thought, well, it's not, this isn't the be-all and end-all. This isn't how my sperm's always going to be. There's ways of improving it. So cutting down on alcohol, um, not drinking alcohol at all, cutting out processed foods, you know, all that all that kind of stuff. We, we spoke about it in, in quite a lot of detail. And he basically said, I think if you make all these changes and you stick to it, for a prolonged period of time, then in three months' time you could be looking at very different results.
0: That's kind of where we're at. But in the meantime, and I'm gonna get in my soapbox here now about like how misogynistic the fertility situation is. But so we go to the doctor and they're like, Okay, we're gonna refer you to a fertility clinic because we have been trying for nearly a year, the sperm health is is suboptimal. Um, so right, that's it. But it's like, okay, so what does that involve? Oh, well, you'll be having Die flush your fallopian tubes and you'll be having this done and this and this done, which I'm fine. So I'm like, let's investigate everything. But it is just so bad how then.
1: It's that it sounds rubbish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just have to wank into a. Pot.
0: Yeah, and it's like, can <laughs> I don't he have
1: he anything can put up me. I don't have, do have any dyes put into me. I don't have any cotton yeah. um, and protein poking me. Exactly. And you really do get the rough end of the stick. And I,
0: and I just think that it's like I'm all for doing all that, but there is so much more that we need to investigate about male fertility that just isn't funded from the NHS. And we're going privately actually for further investigations into sperm health. Yeah. Um. And again, like. I don't run the budget or the NHS. So I'm sure there's like reasons why things happen. But I think that there is just this historical thing where we think it's, let's investigate the woman first, let's investigate the woman first. And it's like, do you know, like a man could like rank into a car once and you could test that thing for all these different things. Like, you know, you're gonna get like a bacterial, like semen culture one, because I've heard horror stories of people going through IVF and then finding out their partner had an infection that could have been cleared it with antibiotics and no one investigated it. So I think, again, because of my work, I'm lucky that i might like, write. And that's what I mean. It's like, I'm like, you're like, I'm really upset. And I'm like, I hear you're upset, but I want you to go and wank into more <laughs> cats. I don't know
2: if Alice wanted people to say wank so much on her podcast. Well, oh, you've spoken a lot about wanking on this podcast. <laughs> okay, even, good. even with Dr. Larissa spoke about masturbation for women. Okay, right. Okay, it's, it's really an open book as we, we <laughs> <laughs> <the> fertility podcast <laughs> um, um, but but yeah, no, in terms yeah.
0: of where we are at right now we are waiting for my referral to come through from the fertility clinic to go and get bits and bobs put up me and you're due to do another test and I feel a resistance from you and I think you're a bit scared I'm not understandably.
1: I've got got another test to do from the GP again like the same one as I did before just Mm. because we felt like it would be good to have two to kind of make make an average from Mm. Um, I could do it whenever because it's just a case of you just you have all the paperwork with it and you send it off to the to the lab but I it's not that I'm scared of doing it I just think I'm still making these changes, and I don't think there's been enough time between that one and this one in terms of like being a lot healthier. Mm. Yeah. I don't see the point in doing it yet.
0: But you are doing it.
1: When? After this fertile of, window closing. After this podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm currently ovulating at the podcast, wants to know that. So, like, I'm just, yeah. uh, I'm like, no, you can't go anything in cups at the minute. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> it's not what not. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs>
2: So you're still trying. Like at the moment, you're still yeah. trying. Yeah. Like yeah. I think I think
0: we're sort of the people that are sat here right now are, the, are different people to the Connie and Mike from November. That was like really dark place vibes. You know, I don't know whether it's like a new year reset or or the fact that we've recovered from the the trauma. You know, small small T trauma of getting those results. And I think like that just sent us into like a really dark place for about a couple of months and I think now we're sort of like okay we didn't get pregnant in 2023 and that's what we thought and now I feel like we've got like 12 months to play with we're like we're gonna get pregnant this year and I feel like that's giving me a lot of hope. I think the thing last
1: with last year as well was the year the year before so Christmas 2022 all the chat was like Mm -hmm. oh this will be our last Christmas like next Christmas you'll either be pregnant or we'll have a baby so this is our last and then Christmas rolled around and we were just like both really deflated like oh like we said to ourselves that we'd be pregnant or have a kid and like we haven't so it was just really whereas now we've kind of I think we've learned not to try and plan ahead like that and think ahead of things
0: I think I think I'm kidding myself that (laughs) I that's what I'm trying to work out I'm like has my mindset changed or am I kidding myself but I'm like it's going to happen this year but that's 12 months to play with and then I'm like so probably will and like could I also I don't know if I've got to a point of like I guess this is another point to raise that we talk about a lot it's like I feel like and this is what you're all about Alice is like the personal growth and the sort of self-interrogation and the kind of yeah growth as a couple that you go through on this journey and so now I'm sort of like really trying to learn to like my whole thing about 2024 is not being a control freak trying not to be a control freak trying not to think I have to push hard else good things can't happen Mm. can I relinquish control can I enjoy life again In fact, like last year I was punished myself all year and like didn't let myself have fun and got so down about it and so I'm trying really hard and I think like we've had conversations as a couple that you know we've always been emotional and talked about stuff but like really going through some shit like Mm. you look and when you're in the trenches like that's when a marriage is like put to its test and that's when you see like the person that you married and you're like yes this is the person I want to be with because we're in these horrible trenches together right now and we're doing it like it's not pretty and it's not nice and it's not the happiest days of our marriage necessarily but you're like bloody hell like we really love each other and we're really in this
1: together and like it's it's a big it's a big test it's a big test I think of any relationship but coming out the other side of that is always going to make you stronger one way or another you'll come out the other side of it and yeah if you come out the other side of it still together then I think it's only going to make you a lot stronger in your relationship because Mm. I think in, in that respect it will then set you up well for parenthood because that's going to be a whole new myriad of reasons to feel stressed and worried and whatever else so i saw
2: elizabeth
0: Day shared a post i think it was just before christmas and it was around this you know she's talked really openly about her struggles and from what she said i think it's that she's not going to have a child and she sort of made her peace with that and but she sort of said something beautiful about like that you will come out the other side and whether you have a baby or whether you don't like you're going to be a better person for This experience.
1: Yeah.
0: And we sort of sat down on New Year's Eve, didn't we? And went out for dinner and we were talking about this sort of stuff. And we're like, we feel like we're doing like extra credit, like marriage extra credit. Like we're (laughs) going to do like, an extra certificate <laughs> for marriage and I don't know what did he say? like like a swimming badge <laughs> yeah like a swimming badge like, or like a brownie badge like we're yeah. getting like a I love that struggles badge yeah. for marriage
2: <laughs> like- <laughs> I really like that analogy actually because it does feel like that and it does feel like you know it, it does it and you kind of want to see it as like whatever happens exactly as the glorious Elizabeth Day says and one day she will be on this podcast I'm manifesting it um <laughs> <laughs> my dream came true, so can your <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, it, it, and that's so something that I really work with a lot. of My clients and my members is that idea of because a lot of people come to me and they're like, I've completely lost myself, and I'm like, Yeah, you won't be the same person, and that's okay because we're always evolving, and then you find new versions of yourself, and I that really new version, it. yeah, brings so much yeah
0: we lost ourselves a bit like the second half of last year I think we lost ourselves a bit and then I think yeah. that and also like someone wrote to me and said that they're finding it easier the longer it goes on and their husband is finding it harder and I feel like I am weirdly I don't know I don't know whether I'm finding it easier or whether and Alice you obviously had a, a, a long and so you sort of uh, have the benefit of being on the other side and knowing what it is <laughs> the enlightenment but I'm like I feel like there's waves, right? So, like, we got these test results and then that was really down and then now we're sort of on, like, a we're riding a wave of hope and positivity yeah. and I'm sure there will come another milestone or another time or another update from the doctors or something yeah. that will send us back down. the
1: test, test result or... Yeah, whatever.
0: exactly. And I feel like we're kind of, like, riding a wave at the moment of, mm. of positivity and yeah. hope. But I think we know that probably it'll go down again.
2: Indeed, um, it will, which is why you need a life raft. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and well, when I say it will, I don't necessarily mean in fertility world. Who knows? You might actually end up on a high wave, but at some point, that's the thing, right? Like life is a wave, an up well, and down, and everything. I've, so
1: I've got um I've got a tattoo actually that says uh, a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor.
2: Which oh, I love it.
1: In life any hardship will ultimately make you be able to deal with life better. And I got it originally just because I liked it as a as a quote, but I hadn't really ever been through any like proper hardship. Really, felt like a bit of a fraud. Whereas now I'm like, oh no, that actually like it does make sense. Like you have to go through tough times, but it will make you better equipped to deal with life moving forward. And so it's kind of retrospectively got meaning to it.
2: Oh, say, you, say, some somewhere, you, someone knew that this is knew what that you
0: knew that. Yeah. I mean, it's good. I'm glad that it has got me into it because the only other time that it looked like it had meaning is when we were sailing in Barbados and you were throwing up over the side of a boat, and it oh, looked like, oh my god, why is he? got... This? he's not a skilled sailor, clearly.
1: And that where it is on my arm, it's like when like, if I wear a t-shirt, all you can see is like the bottom bit, so it just says a skilled sailor. So there's a picture <laughs> of me, like on a boat like this, like like my my skin was like this color, like green. <laughs> just on a boat, like, trying not
0: to be sick. just said, like, the skilled sailor.
1: Yeah. Like... So now you actually can have a so good
2: now I've actually got it. I've actually got it for a reason now. <laughs> It's um... so true. It's so true. And actually knowing that that is, it, that it's all part of it is actually really empowering. So the next time you, if the wave does come down again, whether it's a fertility reason or another reason, this is what we can remember, is that this is all part of it, right? Like, riding those waves but making sure you've got your support on all of the stuff that you need when you do have a bit of a crash. What is in your life raft right now? Like, what do you go to? What's your go-to for support when you do have like a dark couple of months, like you said?
0: I think exercise for both of us. Yeah,
1: I was going to say exercise is a big one.
2: Getting outside. Like, I
0: think that we're really lucky. Like, we live near the beach. Like, we live near some beautiful, like, walks. So we've got this dog who's been really well-behaved. I don't want to drink Um, But what's good i think is when you're in a good place you've got to stock up that life raft almost and be like remember these things because when you're in the dark place it's kind of they're not necessarily the things that you you reach for you know like i like when i get down i don't actually go want to exercise i know i will feel better but i have to remind myself like you felt really remember that time you felt really happy you were getting up and seeing sunrises on the beach. You were going to your workout class. It's like go back to that, but I think you have to remind yourself. So I don't always think you naturally go when you're down. Oh
1: no. the I think. But if I feel <laughs> down, I'm like, right, I need to go for a long run or go to the gym and like let off some steam.
2: Yeah, that's so amazing. Thought, right.
0: That's great. I just, like, decided, I just, I mean, I watched all six seasons of Gossip Girl again in about a month, in, like, the whole of November, and I was like, this is really indicative of my mental state. I was just, like, at home, like, oh, need to watch teenagers run around New York, I I can't cope with reality.
2: (laughs) But then sometimes that is what we need, you know, I think it's the consciousness part with... This stuff you know I and that's many
0: fuck it dave i love your fuck it day mentality and i was like this is a fuck it day i was like i'm yeah. just not going to do work today i'm going to put my out of office on and say that i'm sick because i am actually not well and i'm just gonna cuddle up on the sofa and watch gospel girl all day and that's yeah. what i'm doing today to cope and that <laughs> i know something you uh endorse which i love i
2: sure do i wave the flag for the fuck it days and the survival days because that's the thing i think is really important for me particularly as a kind of mindset coach and mentor it's like this this is not about kind of always powering through this is about being conscious of like where you're at and what you need day to day you know okay so right now we're gonna we will I promise I won't keep you much longer um you are feeling in a good place you are feeling connected you're feeling pretty supported you're on the way for further investigations to continue this journey and what would you say to other couples who might be listening that are kind of struggling a bit here and like not really feeling in that good place like how how did you get through those dark couple of months together as a couple?
0: I think it's really hard because I think every couple every person is unique right and every relationship is unique so I think I think you have to remind yourselves and each other why you're together I think like it's so easy to go off in your separate directions and I think we need our own space sometimes we need to feel our own feelings but you can just like I think we felt so disconnected in those dark times and it sounds so cliche and I actually hate that this is the advice that I'm giving but you know we went away for a couple of days we got out of our environment we started doing Alphabet date nights where we're like we're doing an A, a B, a C. Right next is D. What should we do? You know, it's this kind of like really cheesy couple bonding stuff that it's working. Like, yeah. like you
1: know, it, it it really is. I think you need to nurture your own relationship because you can't just assume that oh, well, once like things are really hard at the moment, but once we have a baby, then we'll have that thing that we yes. want and then everything will be fine. No, you need to make sure that your relationship's in a good place first, and then. Whatever happens after that will happen, but you can't think. Oh, we'll just keep. You know, we're not getting on, but we'll just keep having sex and we'll have this baby, and then everything will be fine because that's not how it's going to work. Like that's that the the, the trying for a baby is just the beginning of the next you know yeah. chapter of your life. So I think you need to nurture your your relationship and then use that as the building blocks and the foundation to like.
0: And also, it it's on. like I think sometimes it can feel like arbitrary because it's like you don't want to I remember do you remember that night that we went to the Taylor Swift candlelight concert thing and it was mm-hmm. like I would got in such a state and it became this thing of like we put this date night on a pedestal of like we just want to go out and having a nice time we never have a nice time anymore and now we're crying and this is shit and so let's just not go and it all got really heated and, and intense and then we sort of just decided right we're gonna go and we might have a shit time and we're not gonna get dressed up and we're not going to pretend everything's fine, but we're going to get out of the house. And, you know, we had an OK time. Like, you know, we, we got a bit tearful and we went for one drink and then we're like, should we just go home? We're knackered, you know, so it wasn't this beautiful, amazing date night. But we had got out of the house and we had gone and done something together, but we'd allowed ourselves to. Feel shit whilst we did it and I think like I love that. I love that. that's actually really helpful because like you know you don't need to you don't know how you're going to feel next week and you might have planned something lovely and then be then you get disappointed that the lovely thing is ruined by you feeling sad but it's like you can feel sad and still sort of have a nice time together <laughs> in a weird way and I think yeah. like, allowing ourselves to do that was a bit of a breakthrough actually yeah because i think we were like it's either going to be a really nice date night or we're sat inside crying or maybe there's somewhere in the middle maybe it's just going for a dog walk around the block and getting out the house and it doesn't have to be romantic and beautiful it can just be keeping moving forward and keeping coming back to each other um which i think like as you as you said like i think that's something we said a lot you know we don't know what this year holds for us but this year is either going to hold, hold for us a baby and parenthood or it's going to hold more challenges in the fertility space either of those we need to be strong and i think you're right i think a lot of people think having a baby will fix the problems but i don't think that's true i actually think that you growing through these challenges Will make you amazing parents and make your marriage stronger if you if you can keep keep coming back to each other. So yeah,
2: yeah. these are very wise words, guys. Very wise. And words. A
0: nice podcast. Everyone just do a podcast, and it sort of feels a bit like couples therapy. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> has it been weird? Has it been? Int- what has it been like having this conversation?
1: Oh, it's been it's been just like I dreamt it. <laughs> but it's been I, great. It's been really nice. I
0: really. I think you've done... I don't fancy you quite a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you just, like, yeah, I think... And maybe this is I'm well. I'm
1: well-practiced, is why. I you've been in the car practicing really there,
0: No, but I just think, like, it is... And, and I actually... Maybe that's another advice. Like, we're, we're currently looking into couples therapy, and I think yeah. that, like, even having this conversation shows you, it's like, when you're both going to each other all the time, all the time, all the time, it's actually, it's kind of helpful to have a third party, Like, ask you both and give each other space and actually reflect things back at you. A referee. A referee, you know, and I think that that's obviously therapy, like testing, like private healthcare, are privileges that not everyone has. And, you know, but I think don't be ashamed if that's something that you start to think, maybe we should go and see a a couple's therapist. I think there's a lot of people go like, we don't need therapy.
1: I always felt like there's this thing about couple's therapy. It's like, well, if you need to go to therapy, then like your relationship's already doomed because really? if you need like a professional to like help you through it then that's just a sign that you're like your relationship's fucked and it's not going to work and i think i used to have that feeling towards it being mm. like oh, that's almost like admitting defeat like going to mm. therapy mm. but it's it's not like it's it works for people that's otherwise there wouldn't be any couple therapists like it wouldn't be a thing
2: it, it's it almost dead. it's like that's so unbelievably backward isn't it because actually doing that and taking ownership and being like we're going through something really hard right now and actually talking about it, it's going to help us more. And I love you so much that I really want this marriage to be amazing. So let's go and get all the support. Like I'm, I'm always, always, it doesn't baffle me because I understand where it comes from, but I'm just like, oh my God, get the support. Like just whatever the support looks like, whatever is available, lap it up, take it because it's that that's going to just make your experience better in so many ways. And, that, and
0: that's the thing, If you know, like like, as Mike said, whether we're talking about therapy or just even feeling like your relationship is is suffering I think like in fertility world failure is something that so many of us feel like constantly you know and don't put then oh my god now my marriage is struggling or my partnership is struggling we're a failure it's like you're it's completely normal and understandable like we're going through like everyone on this journey like we're going through trauma after trauma after trauma month after month after month and it grinds you down and it's the biggest challenge you know, many couples will, or the first big challenge many couples will face. And if you are struggling and you're finding it hard, and you're doubting your relationship sometimes, or angry at your partner, like you're not alone. Just like you know, I think this is constantly, you know, the message for from the facilitators is like you're not alone, you're not alone. And I think that extends to your marriage is struggling, or yeah. your marriage is struggling. And I think that's maybe something that's not talked about enough. I'm really glad that you invite us on to have this conversation, and I'm really grateful that Mike is you know I decided to share our journey and Mike's been really supportive of that and actually I think it's so often we hear a male perspective or a female perspective and we don't often get the two together Mm. um, and talking about relationship stuff and so I'm really glad that we've had the opportunity to share this and I hope it helps some people.
2: I'm sure it will I really think it will I've just realized that there's like quite a major thing that I wanted to ask you about which you'll probably guess what I'm going to say Um, I'm just going to really quickly throw it in there which might just like a real left field random thing, but um, <laughs> has it affected? So
0: it is, it, is it shagging?
2: Do you want to talk about is shagging? It? I
0: want to talk about shagging.
2: <laughs> <laughs> how um, is that being
1: affected? Oh my god! Now? Well, oh, are we going to talk
0: about? Kong-y?
1: Are we going to ta- are we going to talk about Kongen and Shuangyan? <laughs> right let me tell you this about is the debut <coughs> of konging and schlonging let me, let, let me talk to you about a little something a little setup oh my god them. i'm actually so hot and like i'm getting so red konging and konging and schlonging right so we've got a dog <laughs> called fergie um and every morning when she wants her breakfast she will scratch at the door and jump on our bed and wake us up and,
0: and like, generally like, well, in life won't leave us alone yeah, so it's
1: yeah. a big cock blocker basically a massive <laughs> blocker. if we ever like try and like she could be like asleep downstairs and we could try and sneak off up upstairs and within, like, two minutes, she's just woken up now because she can hear me talking about her. She's, like, scratching at the door. And it's a real movie killer when you're trying to, like, get down to it and you've just got, like... <laughs> so, anyway, um, dogs can have these little round things called Kongs that you can fill with food. And it basically it's like a little game for them. And they, like, throw it around and a bit of food comes out and then they can eat it. And it makes... It makes so, it last longer. So every, what we'll do the night before, if we, if it's a day we're having sex, because Connie's got a calendar with all the sex days on it, we the night before we'll put all of her food into these two kongs, and then in the morning one of us will get up. Yeah, all right, all right, we'll give you breakfast. Put the kongs down. She's co- she's she's konging. We're shlonging. <laughs> oh,
2: oh, konging
1: and shlonging.
0: So yeah, that is that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. Um. <laughs>
1: But If I go downstairs like in the evening and first see Connie like So our foreplay, food in the con, I'm like, oh yes, yeah. Our
0: foreplay <laughs> is now shoving dog food into this dog toy. It's disgusting.
2: Um, I mean, apart from that,
1: <laughs> you asked,
2: <laughs> I did. I, <laughs> I, I that was not the answer I was expecting. But no. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs>
0: I think okay. So, Connie Shogging aside, which is <laughs> very much the the fixture of our sex life at the moment. But I think that. Yes, it has. I would say, correct me if I'm wrong. Once we're once we're having sex, it's absolutely like it's not changed. Nothing's changed.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. The actual sex itself. The, hasn't no.
0: Changed. And I think, like, quite frankly, we're probably having more sex. So you're <laughs> really yeah. So, but we're but and I think that like the nice thing is that we then are have are having sex out when we're not trying for a baby. But like it sort of just gets you like, oh, we're having sex quite regularly. Which like mm. after 10, 11 years, I think it's like nice like to kind of get no. like, rhythm of like doing it way more regularly but I think that there have been again I think when we've been in the down times there's been a couple of times where like you've not really wanted to do it but it was kind of like the time but you were like I'm not feeling great and then there's been times when I've not been feeling great yeah I had cystitis and I got all really upset because I didn't want to do it but I was like well, I've got to and so there have been times where we've been like we don't want to do this really and then we kind of like have or yeah. we haven't or sometimes we said do you know what let's just not and actually in November we actively didn't try because we were both so feeling so raw emotionally that we were like we don't want to be having sex and forcing ourselves to have sex when we're really not in a good place like our relationship yeah. wasn't in a good place both of our mental health wasn't a good place and so we just decided. We're just going to take the fertile window shagging like off the agenda for the month and just focus on.
1: It came back to that thing about making sure we're good before. Yeah,
0: rather than pushing pushing on with this with sex when we're just not in a good place. Like it just felt really icky. Like Mm. to be honest, like yeah. um, And so I guess maybe because of that, it I feel like it hasn't impacted our sex life that much because I guess we've just if it's felt wrong, then we have just not done it I have yeah. just said and you know sometimes that's made me think oh god like maybe that was our chance but I think that's the kind of narrative that I've just decided I need to let go of like it's like it's like just because you didn't have sex that like, one day that's not gonna it's not like oh well that was the day you were gonna get pregnant and you've ruined it because you were failing sad and didn't want to have sex like that's not how this works Like mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
0: how this is gonna work so yeah. I think yeah we've just we've I guess not giving into pressure, I guess, is one thing that we've done to maintain a healthy, happy sex life.
1: Yeah.
0: Conging a <laughs> mm-hmm. And the scheduling as well, Like I think. And something that...
1: You do have to actually schedule and make time for it. Think, <laughs> because, like... we, you know, we both work. Sometimes I work weird night hours, theater. like mm-hmm. night shifts and super early starts and that sort of thing. So it's really easy to suddenly you've missed your chance. You fertile window, we've only actually had sex once instead of like four times within that yeah. within that kind of space. So you do have to actually plan and it doesn't sound sexy to plan it, but, but it ultimately you, you do have to because otherwise life gets in the way and you'll just stress yourself out because you'll be thinking, oh, we should have had sex All right, let's have sex now then because we missed our chance earlier and, and then that's when it would become yeah. Sort of unenjoyable. Yeah. Whereas if you plan ahead and you know then it's almost like it's almost so sort of fun, fun, isn't it? Yeah.
0: And, and that's what I was going to say was, I, I'm going to attribute this quote to Esther Perel, but it might not have been Esther Perel, but someone who talked about sex and relationships a lot, a smart, smarter person than me, you know, once said that, you know, there's this myth that sex is spontaneous when it's fun. And when we're younger, it's so spontaneous. It's like, no, even if you meet someone a night out and take them home, how much planning has gone in that? You've shaved your legs, like you've bought a cool dress to wear out. You, you know, It's like not much sex is completely spontaneous, even though are signs that feel spontaneous. There is a lot of forward thought and forward planning that goes into sex in general. So when you're in a relationship, when you're trying for a baby, you've been together 11 years, when you've been married, you know, putting a di- date in the diary being like, we're having sex that day, like, okay, that can seem a bit clinical or it can seem like that's exciting and we put mm. that in the diary and like you know that's going to happen and
2: like that's not nice. so it's a ch- it's a choice isn't it you can yeah. you can decide you can be like well i can think of this as you know annoying and whatever and organized sex is not fun or i can be like organized sex is fun yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah it's like if you, like if you were all, uh, an organize like oh friday night we're going to go on a date i'm going to take you for a really nice dinner we're going to go for a few drinks afterwards you'd be like looking forward to that being like oh great mm. You wouldn't be going. Oh, I wish you just turned up on Friday and like whisked me off to a restaurant, like without telling me. It's nice. Yeah, to have yeah. to-
0: and I mean, planning makes me horny personally, so like for me, it's
2: like
0: <laughs> an absolute aphrodisiac. <African> <laughs> like, I love organized fun, so this is my
2: dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, you've been absolutely amazing. Thank you, thank you for being so open and choosing to share your story because it will absolutely. Be so helpful for lots and lots of people that are listening to this. Um, and Connie, I know we haven't spoken about it, but you've been doing this really cool kind of series on your Instagram about being um, about slowing down. Uh, slow down to get knocked up. You've been sharing loads of different things you're doing. So people go and Connie follow, follow, go and follow Connie. Um, what's your Instagram again, Connie Longdon, Is it? My,
0: it's at Connie LJ. And yeah, I, I, last year I started sharing slow down to get knocked up, which was just like things of me, as you might tell from this podcast quite a highly strung person uh, and <laughs> so I was like and again organized fun I was like how can I relax I know I'll make a whole Instagram series about my project to relax <laughs> um and then yeah and I and I you know because I've got some amazing friends in the particular space, I'm now going to be sharing more stuff I need to get you on Alice to do some expert sharing of knowledge and yeah all sorts of things and sometimes I do just little rants about how fertility is annoying so it's um yeah, I'm, I'm. It's really lovely that i started sharing, and the responses I've got, and um, it's amazing. And um, please, yeah, come and say hello. Um, and if I don't come back to you, it's because I don't get back to you. even my closest friends. I'm the most rubbish communicator mm-hmm. on social media, mm-hmm. so don't take it personally. But please do.
2: But it's really, it's, it's really great. It's great content, and people are really. Um, I think people are really relating to that. And my, my, Mike, Mike, do you do you want people to follow you? <laughs> oh, I don't
1: post got, anything interesting. No. Kind of a,
0: yeah, I went on
2: your, I went
0: on your Instagram the other day, and I thought. If if anyone's like thinking, hmm, let me check out Connie's husband. It just really looks like you love you love me.
1: Yeah, it's just pictures of me and Connie and me and Fergie, the dog.
0: Oh, <laughs> look, like, people are like this man really loves his wife. Yeah,
2: well, that's
1: amazing. Really yeah, sweet yeah.
0: Now you've got a taste for the the fertility fame of the
1: podcast. Oh yeah, I'm going to yeah. change, change my bio to podcaster. <laughs> but other than that,
2: I will definitely be sharing everything. um... And you've mentioned a few really helpful things that I know people will be interested in hearing more about as well. So I'll I'll pop those in the show notes. Um But yeah, a huge thank you, and I'm gonna let you go. Eating into your evening. So yeah, and I had to reschedule, didn't I? So yeah, my bad. But you you are now free, free to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: Alice, thank you for having us. Thank you so much, Alice. Um, Take
2: care, guys.
0: All right, thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> What are you
2: doing at the end? Hang on, I don't know. are you going to, are you gonna stop recording? <laughs> I'm gonna pause
1: recording. I did a
2: really okay, awkward. No, and <laughs> <like a good laughs> now a word from our sponsor. Hold on, sorry, let's do that again. Right. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um I'll send everyone over to you um to follow you, Connie, on Instagram. And is it okay if people do want to ask you questions, Mike, on Instagram? Is it an open yeah,
1: totally, yeah. Yeah, I'm only joking, you can it's underscore Mike Bird is my handle but yeah if anyone gets in touch i'll, I'll definitely be up for having a chat with them for sure
2: Yeah. Oh, that's amazing thank you so much guys
0: thank you so much thank, for thank, thank you for you. listening everyone bye,
1: bye. <laughs>